1: As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full.
0: ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rowe. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? You can hear us at 96.5 FM. You can hear us anywhere. No matter where you go, what you're doing, we don't judge. But we'd like you to listen as you do it. On the ESPN app, you can uh, find that on uh, the place where your applications shall be. Find the ESPN app on one of smartphones you got there. Then find us, and off you go into the big, bold world, and we will accompany you. We'll be by your side. You can lean on me, baby. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line... Is two eight eight zero six four four. 644 A lot to get into on this Monday edition of the program. We're going to recap the NFL draft. Our good friend Matt Perino from Syracuse.com will join us to look at what the Bills did in the draft, the surprises of the draft, why Eric Dungy remains unsigned, something we'll get into here shortly as well. I want to get Matt's thoughts on that, the Syracuse guys that did sign, what the buzz is on them. And if anybody is going to be able to stick, Chris Slayton got picked by the New York Giants in the seventh round. That's what I was feeling last week. That's what we talked about going into the draft that there would be one Syracuse player that would have his name called and the rest would be fighting for roster spots. And that's what turned out to be. So it just goes to show you that as much progress as Syracuse football has made, that may be that next big, bold step. Is to not only hear a Syracuse player called earlier in the draft, I'm talking Roger Goodell time, first-round pick, which has not happened in quite a few years here in Syracuse. So we'll get into that, recap the draft. The NBA playoffs continue as much as officiating wants to work its way in as the primary conversation. I hope that we don't let it, and I hope the play of the Rockets and Warriors in particular doesn't let it. We'll do some hot takes. We'll do a 10-question blindside because it is Monday couple things away from the sports world that people are buzzing about I do not watch Game of Thrones. if you do, great I have nothing against it. I'm just I'm on the outside looking and I feel like that John Travolta meme where he's kind of looking around you know the meeting of the people that do not watch Game of Thrones has begun and I'm looking around and I'm the only one at the meeting <laughs> so people are amped up about that. The Simpsons made fun of upstate New York. Syracuse really dodged a bullet on that one, honestly. Utica took some big shots, Buffalo, some other places, in upstate. How upset should we be about something like that? Well, you know, how how much are you going to let it upset you that the Simpsons made fun of upstate New York, and how wrong were they in that instance? We'll get into that, and uh, we're sorry to report that uh, now there's conflicting reports on this. The major investor and people that are in the know in one way say that Woodstock 50 is canceled, but Michael Lang, the promoter, is saying, hold your horses on that because it is going to go on as scheduled. So we're we going to get a Woodstock or what? Or is this the, let me try and make a Fire Festival joke. Is this going to be Fire Festival 2.0? Because that's what all you millennials say, right? We'll get into that as we go through the program. Here today, But I do want to start with the NFL draft and, and start with a couple of things there. One, Chris Slayton got picked, seventh-round pick. I think he's got a great opportunity to go to the Giants, help that team, even though Tom Coughlin no longer is with the New York Giants. I, apparently he left the memo on the desk that, you know, the Giants draft Syracuse players because they've been one of the more active teams that have done that in recent years, including the last first-round pick that Syracuse had, Justin Pugh going 19th overall to the Giants in 2013. And you have a number of players who have an opportunity in mini camps, and I would think many of these players will translate over into training camps to make an impression. Jamal Custis and Coda Martin and Cody Conway and Dante Strickland. I think Ravian Pierce has a shot to stick. The big question, though, of course, is why Eric Dungy remains unsigned as of today. Eric Dungy was an interesting point of discussion going into the NFL draft because here you have the consummate college player. Here you have somebody who has 20 records at Syracuse. 20 offensive records. Now, you have to be fair about the system that he plays in, which ups the reps, the number of throws, when you compare him to some of the other quarterbacks. On the list, Donovan McNabb takes the cake. Even when McNabb played 20 years ago, how often offense is through the evolution of the passing game. But that's still pretty impressive that he has that. Over 11,000 total career yards, 93 total touchdowns. You look at the leadership aspects of it. You look at the sacrificing of his body, the willingness to, you know, Much to the detriment of Eric Dungey at times. Go airborne, take on defenders, do the, you know, the mortal combat moves on these guys. I did not think he was going to get drafted, but did I think I'd be sitting here today looking at a list of quarterbacks this long without him having signed at this point? Now, when you get to the free agent process, you can be a little more selective on where you go because you want to go somewhere where you think you've got a shot. You want to go somewhere where you think you fit. You want to go somewhere where you feel like you'll be given at least a serious opportunity to stick, as opposed to a team that's just kind of giving you a passing glance in camp. But Dungy's already working on a limited field here because he is going to be labeled in a few different ways. One is he's going to be labeled as a system guy coming out of a system that Dino Babers runs that not a lot of NFL teams are doing. He's going to be labeled as somebody who just had all the numbers, all the stats, but does not have the NFL skills. So he had to overcome that. He had a hitch in his delivery. He had accuracy issues. He certainly didn't have the strongest arm in this group. When you think of Dungy, think of just, I I was saying this before we went on the air today. Think of the two or three best plays you've seen from Eric Dungy. What pops in your head? Now, how many of those plays, when you think back to his career here at Syracuse, are stand-in-the-pocket, deliver throws on the money in a tight window, as opposed to Eric Dungy scrambling, moving, jumping through the air, doing those acrobatic things that made him an exciting player to watch, that made him somebody who, boy, when we did the Q&A a a couple weeks back at the spring game, here you have these legends, Tom Coughlin, Floyd Little, Larry Zonka. But what struck me the most at being at that event was the number of younger fans, the new generation of Syracuse football fans that have only heard stories about those three legends and those gentlemen. But every generation needs their own heroes to look up to, they need their own models. And to see the kids, and the and it was, you know, that age range of like 10 to 14. Think of when you were a Syracuse football fan and you were younger, whatever team it was, but if you grew up around here and you come from a certain age and you relate to certain players, that's why it was so important for Syracuse football to be successful again. There's a number of reasons you can say why that was important, but you've got to pass the baton down. Every generation wants their players to talk about because you can't relate to Jim Brown and Floyd Little and Larry Zonka and those guys that your dad and your grandfather and your uncle look forward to. I had a generation of players that I watched, that I grew up with, that I saw that made me want to follow that team. I mean, that that goes with any sport and any team. Think of the, the New York Yankees. It was your dad and your grandpa that loved Mickey Mantle. It's you that loved Derek Jeter, and so on and so forth. And now the younger generation, the kids, what are they all doing? They're wearing Aaron Judge jerseys. So it was striking to me see, to see how a new generation of Syracuse football fans will always revere Eric Dungy, will always look at Eric Dungy as the guy who is exciting to watch, who led Syracuse football back from a string of, let's just say, non-successful years. And I think a lot of judgment gets clouded when it came to, well, making the next step in the NFL. And it's hard to argue with people because what people will say and how they will defend this is he has the heart of a lion. He will work hard. He's a leader. He's willing to make the play and all these great attributes. He's a terrific kid. Not a bad thing to say about him. Persevered through a lot, but we're dancing around the biggest issue here. And this has not been reported officially, and I want to be cautious here because he still may sign. Okay, Nate Mink said this just before we went on the air. He kind of updated the story and said that Dungy's camp is still weighing their options. Because what he's hearing, and I'm not just speculating on this, I know he's hearing this is, well, we don't want you as a quarterback, but would you be willing to take on the Tayson Hill role? Would you be willing to try something else? People are trying to convince Eric Dungy to be something other than a quarterback. And he's got to be somebody who's thinking, I've got all these records, all these numbers, I've played the position my whole life, but now you're asking me to do something else. And you're asking me to do something else at the professional level. You're asking me to do something else at the top level, which can be done, but when you've done something your whole life and you feel like you're qualified to do it. And I look at this list of players that have signed free agent deals ahead of him or got drafted ahead of him. 11 quarterbacks were taken in the NFL draft. Just 11. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Will Greer, Ryan Finley, Jarrett uh, Stidham from Auburn, Easton Stick from North Dakota State, Clayton Thorson, Gardner Minshew from Washington State, and Trace McSorley from Penn State. Tyree Jackson, Jake Delgala, David Blow, Brett Rippon, Kyle Shermer, John Lovett, T.J. Linta, Gage Ferguson, Manny Wilkins, Jake Browning, Nick Fitzgerald, Drew Anderson, Wilton Spite, and Taron Christian. Those are the 20 non-drafted quarterbacks that have signed somewhere. And all we keep hearing about is the need for the quarterback position in the NFL, not only starting quarterbacks beyond that list of, you know, 12 to 13 guys you hear so much about and get paid what they do, but backups and depth and where's the position and how the college game is so much different than the NFL and how hard it is to find quality depth at the NFL level and how Giant fans were freaking out that they went with Daniel Jones over some of those other names and those lists, and this was a year that you didn't have the big star potential, at least people thought, that you saw last year. You go through all those names and all those lists, and I— I, like you, am biased. I'm like, well, there's got to be a place for Dungy to at least show what he can do. But medically, you've got to ask yourself if he, once he went through the process, NFL people testing him, looking at his concussion history, looking at his injury history, the way that he plays the game, they got him back on the field. They certainly didn't risk his safety to do it here in Syracuse. I'm still wondering how the heck he got back on the field to have that unbelievable game against Boston College when he couldn't even walk after the Notre Dame game. But think how harsh NFL teams are. Why should an NFL team give somebody with that kind of injury history the benefit of the doubt when I've got a list of every name I just read there ahead of him that does not have the extent that he does injury-wise? The list of flaws and question marks, like, They say it only takes one team and one general manager and one person to fall in love with you. But you also have a group of people that are very skeptical about who they bring in to try and land at the ultimate position in the National Football League. And you can understand why, when you look at Dungy unbiased, why he gets scratched off a lot of lists when there's other people ahead of him. Why can can I sign this guy? who doesn't have half the injury history, has a better arm, came from a more pro-style offense. I mean, there's just so many boxes you have to check to say, we're even going to give you a chance here. So SU fans are dismayed because you're not wrong to say that Eric Dungey was better than some of those quarterbacks in college, even Daniel Jones in a way. And you know what kind of kid he is, and you know the records that he set here, and you know how exciting a player he was. And you saw the plays that he make and the heart and the desire that he plays with. But does that all translate to the National Football League? It may. I'll tell you this. It's going to set up one heck of a comeback story. It's going to set up one heck of a redemption story. If he can find a way to make it after not only being undrafted, but going through the process the day or two after the draft and remaining out there. If he can fight from that to just stick on an NFL roster, and if it's to be the next Taysan Hill or if it's just to be an NFL player in some way, that is a great story. All that being said, I'm as bewildered as anybody why someone hasn't given him a shot. We'll break on that note. We will come back with more. We'll get some more insight from Matt Perino on this, our guy from Syracuse.com on the NFL draft which completed this weekend. A lot more to do as we press forward here, and we are glad that you're here with us on this Monday to do it. Four three seven seventy six forty four. Brent Tax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. You stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio.
1: on the block with Brent Ax.
2: A Welcome
0: back. Life. You're on the Block ESPN Radio. A good
2: That's
0: the 80s bump. But we got an 80s bump kind of giveaway all week. Listen all week long. Now we already did this today, so don't call now. But throughout the week, we're giving away tickets to see Brian Adams and Billy Idol. Oh, you know it. They're coming to the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater Tuesday, August 6th. Tickets do go on sale at LiveNation.com at the On Center box office or by phone on May 3rd. That is this Friday, but listen, all week long so you can win them before you buy them. Brian Adams, Billy Idol at the Amp on Tuesday, August the 6th right now. Let's see what Seth Goldberg's got lined up for us. It's Monday. That means we've got 10 of these today. It's time for the Blind Side. What do you say we go places? In a new Toyota from Burdick Toyota in Cicero, the Toyota lineup has it all. From the great fuel economy of the Corolla to the sheer power and doing capacity of the Toyota Tundra. Take advantage of great lease deals now at Burdick Toyota. Visit BurdickToyota.com. and they fire when ready. Which undrafted Syracuse player Has the best chance of sticking with a roster Custis Definitely Custis Because he's 6'5 He's that get off the bus guy I think you can teach him The the shorter routes that he's got to work on And he's got a special teams path You want the path to stick on an NFL roster As an unsigned guy Special teams And he's got the best special teams acumen You know Coda Martin, dime a dozen. Cody Conway, dime a dozen. Dante Strickland's not good enough to stick in the league. I really Pierce, I think, in Maybe. the right spot. He's athletic enough, plays the position well enough. It's an in demand position. Could stick, but of the undrafted guys, definitely Custis in mind.
2: Should we read anything into O'Shea Brissett being at the Bayheim Foundation event this weekend?
0: No, there's been guys that have been to that, that have gone through the process and and have moved on. Good for him for going. I think it was and great. being there, and, and you know what an amazing event. Twenty years when Jim and Julie Beheim putting on that event and raising money for local charities. And congratulations to them on that. O'Shea, to me, when do we learn the combine invites? I thought that was trick like today, trickling wasn't out. it? They're yeah, they're out. trickling out. That right there, to me, tells you whether he's coming back or not. He'll still go through the process, and it's a month from today, as a matter of fact, when you got to pull your name out of the draft if you don't want to be there. If he gets a combine invite, this is going to get really interesting. If he doesn't, I would come back. Do you believe Dave
2: Gettleman when he says two, se- two teams would have taken Daniel Jones between 6 and 17? No,
0: because there was only two teams that even fit that description, and ESPN's Diana Rossini says they weren't going to take him. And those two teams were Miami and Washington. I think Washington was locked in on Dwayne Haskins one way or the other. Was Miami going to take Daniel Jones instead of trading for Josh Rosen? And Den- no. And Denver
2: publicly claimed that Drew Locke was the top quarterback on Correct. the board. I mean, he's the one they ended up with, but that's what
0: they say. So that was an attempt by Dave Gettleman to cover his ass. And let's just say the moon shining bright because he didn't cover his ass in that case. Do people think the Patriots had a good draft
2: because they're the Patriots?
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they get that benefit of the doubt because they are the New England Patriots. But it's like the Spurs. When the
2: Spurs yes. draft somebody, you're like, ah, oh, that guy's going
0: to turn out well. Bill Belichick could draft a 300-pound offensive lineman and want to convert him into a quarterback. And because he's Bill Belichick, people are like, oh, wow, he's changing the game, man. What an innovator here. I never thought of that. Yes, they get the benefit of the doubt because of the Patriots. And by the way, New England's had some bad draft picks yes. in recent years. Very really bad, ones. bad. And the fact that they took a receiver was interesting because they don't have a good history of drafting receivers. Like Chad Jackson. It was a good example right there, but because it's Belichick, "Oh, great pick, great pick." Do people have a sense of humor? People do not have as much of a sense of humor as they used to. The Simpsons thing is just the latest example of that, but more and more in life, I'm finding that people are, are wound tighter, don't laugh at certain things that they should, and it, it's good to laugh to keep from crying in, in this world we live in today, right? But it, I still think people do, but and I know it's an easy out here. It's easy to point and blame, but I think social media has a lot to do with this. And social media should be a place where... We laugh more, and sometimes we do. Somebody puts a funny meme on your Facebook feed or something you see on Twitter. But I think it's actually having the opposite effect. I've heard great interviews with comedians and how they say they won't go on college campuses anymore. They can't do certain shows. They can't do certain material because people just don't want to laugh at it anymore. I don't think that's a good thing. I think we got to laugh at ourselves more than we do these days. Have the
2: Rockets stopped whining about the call officials uh, officials correctly didn't make yet? Well,
0: no, because not only were they whining about it last night, now they report on ESPN today that they filed that official report to go to the NBA. And you missed 27 straight three-pointers uh, you're spoiling in my next that point. game. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that takes a, a big pair of you-know-what to file an official report, comb through the tape, and say, we found 89 calls in Game 7. You missed 27 straight threes. And then, didn't they start last night? Yes. Like 0 for 8? Yes. So it was like a total of 35 between Game 7 last year and, and last night's game. And you're going to, you know, point fingers, point fingers and blame the officials for this? Okay, you go with that.
2: Would it have been easier for the Rockets to just not miss 27 straight <laughs> yes, threes yes. than drafting up this officiating memo? Do that.
0: Do that. How? I still can't comprehend that.
2: Happening. It was amazing. Uh, was Francesca really talking him about himself in that clip you
0: played? He
2: may like have A little been. bit.
0: A little bit, right? At the end of the day, doesn't it always... No, like, listen to the about. end.
1: Like, a little bit. He's talking about himself. The thing is, listen... You can have an off-field incident with any draft pick, any time, any team. But when you finish your draft and stress how you went out of your way to take the right kind of guys, the guys you want on the team, the guys who are going to be great character guys, and you stress that as strongly as the Giants did, it looks pretty bad when one of them gets shot. After this this is when he's talking about himself. It does not look good. Wait, I mean, it's just more wait. of the same for the Giants. Who just it always comes back to him. I mean, no matter what they say. I mean, Here yeah, it comes. And you've seen people poking a lot of fun at the Giants. And as someone who's been around the Giants for 40 years. Didn't take as someone long. who has grown up with the football Giants. Uh, and you've seen how much success they've had since they turned it around on the George Young. You know what? It's sad to see the Giants become the laughing stock that they have around the league, and right now people are doing nothing but making jokes about the Giants. Isn't that kind
2: of about him? It's always about him. No no no. I mean like like it they they, they've become so great and it's sad to see them become the laughing stock. Like that's kind of about him too, isn't it? He's getting very
0: introspective. It's all about him in many ways. I don't think he realized that.
2: (laughs) I don't either. Uh, how long before the Patriots flipped
0: Jared Stidham for a second-round pick? I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. You're telling me he's not going to be the successor to Tom Brady? Maybe like 15 years from now. The thing is, like, the Patriots were right. Speaking, Let's give him credit where they made the right pick. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo was—everything was fine there. That was a great pick, of course, tutored by the one and only Dino Babers. Because logic would tell you that Tom Brady would still not be doing Tom Brady things at soon-to-be 43 years old. The fact that they drafted him, nurtured him, developed him, had the right plan for him, and had to trade him is amazing to me. See, I'm going to say Jarrett Stidham is not going to fall into that Jimmy Garoppolo mold. Last one. Is Woodstock 50 basically Firefest without the tents and people showing up? Yes. Yes, it is. Sad to say. Now, the report is... So the main financer of Woodstock pulled out. I'm not sure what county it's in, but the county officials out there are saying it's over. Michael Lang, the promoter, is still out there saying, Nope, nope, show's going to go on. Nothing to see here. Don't know what you're talking about. But if you're not familiar with Firefest and one of the great scams of our time, I would encourage you to watch that Netflix documentary because when they kept pushing back the ticket sales and and you know then they 450 bucks for this thing and it's i thought it was a great idea why not because i was at woodstock 99 and that was a disaster not just the end the end was just the culmination of a whole weekend of i trust me and there's going to be documentaries about this and it's the 20th anniversary so you're going to hear hear a lot more about it coming up getting closer to it but I like the idea of let's redeem ourselves for what was a disaster in 99, and now we're never going to get that chance because they canceled the thing. Let's break on that, and we'll head down the home stretch next.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.